Ladies and gentlemen, welcome back to the Extraordinary Expletive. You got your boy J-Dubs on the mic over here. Kenny G is on this side. We are back after a one-week hiatus, and we come bearing gifts. It's official. Our new t-shirt is out. So if you want to get yourself one, come hit us up. Right now, we only have limited quantities. They're still being made. So uh, we only have mediums and large right now, and they only come in purple as of right now. But we're working on, like, there's a limited edition black run. Which makes it sound fancy, but it's really not. I just bought like a few black ones because I thought maybe people would want those. You know, it's not really that fancy or anything. It's not like, like if you want more black, we can just order more. But just know that like, you're probably going to have to wait longer the longer you wait. And the longer you wait just means that the idea of getting the t-shirt is going to be that much better. Especially once you get it. It's like, man, I've waited all my life for this. Yeah. And now I have it. I'm going to go wear this at the mall. There's malls? Yeah. Did you know the FYE and the... the uh, Eastwood Mall is still open. Is it? Yeah, but they're like they're more of like a gift store now. They have like, like their CDs and their CDs are like literally all on like one rack. So it's like Walmart. Uh, I think they might have less CDs than Walmart. Oh, jeez, because Walmart has like no CDs. They yeah, have like one one stand. Yeah, so the store that used to sell nothing, like used to just be based around selling CDs, barely has any CDs now. R.I.P. Music industry. Yeah. Well. It's the it's like the the disc, it's a hard copy industry. Streaming is like the new big thing because uh, I just what you said streaming is a new big thing and it here is. we are streaming. So I was like, yeah, yeah, it is. Hey. I mean, like no one buy our podcast on DVD. No, if you're like, I mean, hey, you I want... wouldn't. <laughs> yeah, if somebody came to me like, you want to listen to my podcast? I'd be like, okay, and they're like, here, have this DVD. I'd be like, no. Oh jeez. Yeah. Oh jeez, I forgot to turn the sound down. Oh, yeah. Sorry, I was trying to bring this up here. That's why I was uh, a little bit distracted there. It's okay. But um, yeah, going back to our t-shirts, like we said, um, I think we're gonna be doing these. What uh, we said, eighteen, twenty dollars, something like that, depending on uh, what size you guys want. Um, but yeah, uh, we do have quite a few in now. So if you guys would like one, um, just hit us up, and uh, we can get your size. And if you want a black one, like. Kenny said you're just going to have to wait a little bit longer. Uh, and then, even then, uh, just so you know, we're not really making any money on these. And everything we do make on these, we're just going to put back into this, like, for different microphones, maybe. Yeah, whether it be new microphones, maybe a new camera. Yeah, um, we're not we're not profiting off you. We're, we're literally going to break even, and then everything we make after that, we're just going to put back into the podcast. So it's not like, you know, I'm going to be like, yeah. We're not, we're not making money off you guys yet. Hey, Eventually. We, <laughs> we got these t-shirts for $3. Please buy them for fifty nine ninety nine. <laughs> yeah. Um, but, uh, you know, like one thing I think we could really use would be like a, like a camera tripod. That'd be pretty cool. Yeah. Something like that. Around, so, you know, it's something, again, we're looking maybe to get like another camera and then maybe we can get a Jamie, we can hire Jamie for like $10 a week just to like sit here yeah. and click and be like, we're going to change camera angles. Hey now. man, here's two beers and $10. Yeah. Can you like click this camera to here's get an old face? Milwaukee pounder and 75 <laughs> cents in the paper clip I find in my pocket. It may be this? 65 degrees. Um, but trust me, it's better when it's warm. <laughs> yeah. So. Not- um, we, we kind of switched stuff up a little bit, uh, moved a couch in here. Um, so if you guys are currently viewing, um, check it out. I think it looks okay. I, I'm pretty excited about it. If you guys are going to be listening to this on, uh, Spotify, uh, SoundCloud, you know, that stuff, um, just imagine, just imagine what it looks like or do yourself a favor and go to our YouTube page and give us a subscribe. Just hit the little bell and then all you got to do is just watch our videos and you can see the... See the whole room every time, you know? 
I guess I'd have to like finish a couple of the videos that I still have. Um, the Shane Manel video is coming here soon. I just have a lot more editing to do because we ran into a couple technical difficulties, so I have a lot of stuff to cut. Um, but it will be up and running soon here. What was it? Wasn't it the the wire I was using? Yeah, yeah. Okay, it was think, a cord. I think it was a cord. It just randomly kept cutting out there. It's kind of sad. You know, shit happens though. <coughs> Trevor Moreau, how are you doing? Does he want a t-shirt? Yeah. Okay. He said cough, cough. <laughs> okay, we'll get him one. Yeah, we definitely got to get him one. Yeah. Uh, um, so today uh, we were talking about drummers in general. Um, I, I did kind of want to push this topic to the back burner, but I feel like um, Neil Peart just passed away a few days ago, uh, and he's widely regarded as the greatest drummer of all time. Well, one of the greatest, but in my opinion, he is the greatest drummer of all time. No one could feel like Neil Peart, you know? Yeah. He's like, because, I mean, before, Neil Peart was really a guy who kind of uh, revolutionized like how people play drums, though, because before that, a lot of people were just like, okay, him and Keith Moon, I would say, were probably the two biggest. Yeah. Basically, they, yeah. they did like the Ringo Starr, like, okay, I'm just going to keep the beat and kind of like give, do like a little like do, 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 feel. But yeah. like, no perts, like, okay, I'm going to do some crazy shit here. And do you guys want to see the drum solo of life? Yeah. Like, Neil, drum solo of life. Uh, if only he was still alive, he could just play it and not die. Oh, man, that's but, horrible. But, um, yeah, sadly, uh, sadly, we lost him on uh, January 7th. Yeah, he had brain cancer. Brain cancer, and I was completely unaware. I, I guess he was battling it for quite some time. And yeah, and he never... I didn't know that. He so. never told anybody. Yeah. He it was like three years, he had brain cancer, and just never told anybody. I don't know, man. That's that's a hard thing to keep uh, hidden, you know what I mean? But but I guess Rush hadn't been touring in years, and yeah, he kind of he kind of lived his own personal, you know, because uh, I remember his, I think it was his wife and his daughter died in a car crash, and he just got on his motorcycle and rode for... A while, I think it was like two years. He just rode, and then he was like, "Okay, guys, let's get the band back together. Let's go on tour." Yeah, um, it's sad to see him go. Um, we're definitely gonna have a lot of memories. Um, I've seen a lot of people already posting, uh, like you know, live videos of him playing, and just uh, you know, a lot of memorable shit. Um, I guess on like the funny side of things, um, I just seen uh, a post from the Hard Times. Uh, it's, they're kind of like an Onion article page, uh, page, but they said, uh, um. They're currently shipping out uh, Neil Peart's drum set to donate to people all across America. There are currently three truckloads that are uh, currently delivering uh, one-third of his drum set. And once everything is delivered, uh, every single kid in America can have three pieces of a drum set. Yeah. <laughs> and if you guys have ever seen him play, uh, he's got like the whole 360 setup. Yeah, you know? yeah. It's insane, man. And how do you keep time on that and just, you know, you get... You got to get really comfortable with that. I, I've even seen a video of Neil Peart. He was playing, and he broke a stick, and without ever doing anything, he like he broke the stick, and they just kept on going down, grabbed another one, pulled it out, and just kept on going. Yeah. Like, didn't miss a beat. Just flawless. Yeah. Like, I'm like, if I broke a stick, I'd be like, fuck, and then I'd, like, have to grab another one, but he just, like, broke it and was like, oh, well, and just kept yeah. on going. Yeah. That's weird, man. Um, I don't know. I, On my set, you know, if you... You move something a little bit to the left or a little bit to the right. I'm like, oh, fuck, that's not where it was. And then I, you know, miss. <laughs> it kind of sucks. I can't imagine um, the the amount of time that guy put into playing. You know, And even you look at how his drum set was up, too. It's like, okay, here's your, here's a crash cymbal, and then right here is like a splash cymbal. And then I have a little china right here. I'm like, how do you do that in like such a small area, you know? Yeah, finesse. Everything's just on top of each other. and huh. Yeah, Um. I mean, I'm sure everybody knows Tom Sawyer. Uh quite quite a big song. I really now. don't like that song. No? No. I was like, you know, th thinking of like some fills and like Oh, the fills in that are crazy. Doo, 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 
like and he's doing like the little drum roll too that's uh, it's pretty pretty sick man yeah i don't know yeah uh he, he the drumming in tom story is really good my my favorite rush song ever is limelight though yeah 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 that is a very good one every time we we'd have parties in college and we'd be like okay i'll request hour and i just put on like limelight by rush and everyone's like we're just listening to drake what are you doing you know yeah hey uh could you play um uh you know uh can't think of a drake song hey can you play in the club by 50 cent yeah no problem then you just turn on limelight <laughs> isn't this what you wanted this is what everybody wants good music but yeah so sadly um neil pert r.i.p uh sad to say you know a lot of musicians especially the great ones from that era are uh you know going to be gone eventually and I think it is our duty as musicians and music lovers to find somebody to replace them. Not necessarily take over and, you know, become the new one, but just, you know, hold their spot. Right. Because I don't know if anybody's really going to ever top Neil Peart. You know, it's it's not like, you know, you're never going to get another one. You know what I mean? But I don't think we should give up on music just because, you know, uh, people are passing. Because we still have those memories and the music's what lives forever. Uh, yeah, you know? I mean, we only, there's only... Uh, two Beatles left, and they're it's man, they're getting up there. They're man. getting up there. It's, yeah, although Betty White's living forever, so yeah, and Jennifer Aniston doesn't age. So also, um, Keith Richards. Um, every time a musician dies, uh, he experiences the quickening. <laughs> and uh, also, uh, if you guys are unaware, uh, for every cigarette that you smoke, uh, God takes three minutes off of your life and gives it to Keith Richards. Um. I think he's going to live forever. I'm pretty sure Keith Richards was voted, like, most likely to die by the end of the decade in the 70s. <laughs> in the 70s. Here we are. It was something like that. Oh, dude, that's crazy. I mean, he's done every... He even snorted his dad, like... Yeah. That guy's... He's done every drug you could possibly do. Yeah, Same he, with Ozzy. He probably, like, invented some, you know? Yeah, that, it was called It was called Keith Richards' dad. He yeah. invented that one when he... Didn't you ever hear that story? No. He took, he, one night he wanted to get high really bad, and he'd like run out of coke or whatever, so he just grabbed his fucking father's urn and snorted his ashes. I wonder if it if it helped. I don't know. But That's weird. How desperate do you have to be? Yeah. Or how close to your dad were you? <laughs> <laughs> oh, that's pretty weird, man. Um, going on, uh, you know, moving up, and just like new music news, too, um, if you guys are keeping up with the times, uh, speaking of Ozzy, he just released a song uh, two, three days ago. Uh, with Elton John, um, and I have yet to listen to it. Why is Ozzy doing all these weird collabs now? Uh, I don't know. I think it's cool, though. It's really cool. Um, so you guys could go ahead and check that out. I do believe he's got a new album dropping in 2020 because he's got uh, quite a few songs, or maybe that whole album is out. Well, maybe he'll be on Mayhem Festival this year then. I hope. Um, I actually currently still have two tickets to go see him because uh, 2018 I bought tickets to go see him, and... They had canceled the tour because he got the flu and got really sick. So Live Nation told me, hey, you can either just get your money back or you can go see him the next time he comes around. And now I think it's in, like, June or July he's coming back to Pittsburgh. So so he won't be on Mayhem Festival. Though. Yeah. I'm kind of scared because I just read a post about, they're like, oh, Ozzy might be on his deathbed, blah, 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 blah. And it's like, dude, they it's say that all the time. season. Yeah, just get over it. He'll be um, okay. There's a lot of tours coming. They have that big fucking 80s hair metal tour coming up, too. Oh, uh, Motley Crue, Def Leppard, and Poison, Poison. and uh, 
um, Joan Jett and the Blackhearts. Oh. They, which is a really random plug in there. Yeah. I don't know why. Uh, it'd be sweet to see, like, Joan Jett and the Blackhearts and Heart play. I just feel like these... Uh, Whenever these guys get older and they stay on tour, I feel like they, they just can't care. Like, the lead singer just can't carry it anymore. I mean, look at Vince Neil. Like, no way. Yeah. That guy can't carry anything. Yeah. Like, he barely carries himself around. Cause I'm hot. Yeah. My yeah, did you see that video? Oh, so sad. I feel, I, I really appreciate what they do. You know what I mean? Um, But I feel like they're just kind of doing it for the money because they don't have any more. Yeah, or maybe I mean Tommy more. Lee probably does. Yeah, I mean he has all that sex tape money. Yeah, he's <laughs> quite a bit actually. That's funny. That's funny. I think I've seen that video. <laughs> yeah, he, yeah, he's on a he, boat. Yeah, and he's harpooning that lady. Harpooning her. Well, I mean that's because if you see in the video, Tommy Tommy Lee is well off. That's why I call it a harpoon. Talking about a wiener. You also said that lady, Pamela Anderson. Okay, okay. Just seeing if you're aware. Yeah, yeah. The Baywatch chick. Yeah. Right? Yeah. Wasn't she on, like, ER? No, she was on Baywatch. Wasn't she on, like, Law & Order? Stop doing this to me. This is the thing I do to you all the time. Yeah. Is that a chicken sandwich? <laughs> <laughs> all right. Sorry, guys. Um, We do get off topic here. You know, we we like to keep it exciting, though. But um, I feel like we're really mellow. This is the first one we've done with just the two of us in a real long time. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, we took last week off. It was our uh, Todd, Todd Rod Van Dam's uh, birthday party, and... uh. Well, Sunday morning drinking turned into Sunday afternoon naps, and uh, we just, you know, skipped last week, so we're back here again. Um, I'm trying to think here, you know, just... We, we really do enjoy doing this, I promise you. R- recent recent news. <laughs> um, if you guys are uh, Mac Miller fans, uh, he's going to be releasing a new album uh, next week. Actually, this week coming up, um, his family had announced uh, they're finally put it all through production and everything. And he'll be releasing um, Circles is the album name. And it should be released sometime this week. I don't actually have a date. Uh, however, I did just check out the YouTube video for his new single. Um, it's called Good News. Uh, very, very mellow vibe. Way different from when he first started out. But the video's crazy. It's really, really weird. I think he would have enjoyed it. I don't know if that was the original plan before he passed. But uh, aren't the Grammys coming up too? I'm not certain. Is it the Grammys? Ariana Grande is going to be performing at one of them. Oh, geez. She's going to be like the lead, the the headliner for it or whatever. The Grammy, or is it the Grammy? I don't, there's too many music awards. Yeah. I'm over it. There's too many movie awards. They should just make one called the Music Awards. They do. And then they should just do the other one and just call it the Music Awards. There's a Country Music Awards. There's a MTV Music Video Awards. No, that's what I mean. Like, it should just be one, and it should just be called the Music Awards. Yeah, it's called the Grammys. They were the original one, but then again, like everyone has a Grammy, so it, it doesn't. I mean, look at uh, Macklemore. Did you say Macklemore? Macklemore. It's Macklemore. Macklemore. Yeah. Macklemore. Macklemore. I don't know. I'm tarded. It's all right, dude. But he won. He won like best new artist and like everything the same year Kendrick Lamar came out. Like he just robbed every Grammy off of Kendrick. Yeah. Um. He. Jeez. His songs blew up, man. Yeah. I mean, his, you know, that was when he got with Ryan Lewis and mm-hmm. I was off the album The Heist because nobody really knew his shit before then, which I did not once I first heard. Um, well, yeah, him and Ryan Lewis won like best new, they won like best new rap album, best new rap act and everything. No like shit. everything over Kendrick. Yeah. That sucks. Yeah. Sorry, Kendrick, maybe next year. 
I mean, he did whenever to Pimp a Butterfly came out. He swept the Grammys for rap. But that was years later. He's a, he's a good guy. I like him a lot. <sighs> Not after what he did to that white girl. It's okay. She'll get over it. I don't. I don't I actually don't. know what happened. Oh, he 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 brought this white girl up on stage to like sing with him. He was like, either all right, we're gonna sing this part, and it and this part of the song they were gonna sing had had that n word in it, and she said it, and he was like, hold up, cut the fucking music. Are you fucking serious right now? Did you really fucking just say that? Get the fuck off the stage. Oh wow. I'm like, why would you? Why would you do that? You set her up. Yeah. There's um, there's this comedian I can't remember. I always thought it was Ralphie May. I could be wrong, but it was um, just this scene that he had, or this little skit he had, and he's talking about being at his job, and uh, he, you know, figured like the best way to ever quit your job would just be walk up to your boss with a pocket full of glitter, throw it in his fucking face, and be like, "I've quit." He's like, "Cause you're like, yeah, hey, I quit. That sucks, but dude, that guy's gonna be wiping glitter off his fucking face for like months." So he says, you know, fast forward, um, does his whole sit, and he's like at the end and he's uh talking about he's in the car with his uh black friend and uh they're singing this rap song together and they're like getting really into it you know what i mean he's spitting every line and shit and then like they both know that the n-word's getting ready to come up man he's like looking at him and like it's getting closer and closer to the song and his black friend looks at him like is he gonna say it is he gonna say it and he said he starts sweating and he gets all fucking nervous so he just throws a pocket full of glitter in his face and jumps <laughs> out the car <laughs> that's what that girl should have did to kendrick uh that's funny. All right, so um, moving um, on to like the topic. Did we here even here. talk about? Ma- did we ever talk about Mayhem Festival making a comeback? No, we didn't. Yeah. So uh, I know you guys. We talked about Mayhem Festival before because that was like my bread and butter every summer. I would love going to it. Uh, apparently, it's going to come back this year. So I'm kind of excited for that. They haven't announced anybody playing yet, but I, I mean, it can't be any. I don't want to say it can't be any worse than the last time they played, but it can't be any less. Starfield, because I mean, last year it was or the last time they played in 2015. It was like, you yeah, you had bands like Thy Art Is Murder and stuff like to appeal to like a more hardcore audience, but like the mainstream appeal, you had um, Slayer and Avenged Sevenfold. No, oh. no, that was the year before. You oh. had Slayer, uh, King Diamond, and like Hell Yeah, and that was like your main appeal to the mainstream. Mm. And even then, a lot of people don't even like King Diamond. So yeah, I I don't really listen to him. Mm, no, that's understandable, but yeah. uh, and I mean, it's one of those things where you're not going to get a bunch of people to go see Slayer headlining a festival because I can go see Slayer anytime I want because they're always on tour, like Stage AE. I can get better seats for half the price. Yeah, and you get a full Slayer set, and you get a full Slayer set. Yeah, and it's not outside and raining; it's actually inside. <laughs> and you don't have well, no, I can't say that. I was going to say you don't have a bunch of hot, sweaty guys in boots that are like pushing up on you and stuff but mm-hmm. no you definitely have that at stage too. and i mean i feel like uh, this year is probably but i mean if they can get to all the bands before because a lot of these bands now they, they sound with these huge european tours like rock and ring and uh download festival where they're like yeah i can make that much money doing one show over in europe that i can make you know yeah rather than doing the nationwide you see like rock, tour you see like rock and ring there's like a hundred thousand people there so why why not just fly over there play for a day and then come back yeah i'll be excited to see exactly what they're gonna have because um like the bonnaroo uh that lineup just got announced and like tools playing there's a lot of big headliners there and that's a four-day festival and then uh you got the uh sonic temple tour now and there's a lot of big names on there i believe metallica's headlining that one this year oh um, metallica would never do a, a tour like that no i i could if you're metallica why would you do a, a, a festival 
Yeah, well, why I, would you do a touring festival? I kind of yeah, I don't think like it's touring. Day. Yeah, the Sonic Temple is just well. Yeah, you know, the, I mean, do you can do a one day of you do a one day festival. Why would you do a touring festival when you're Metallica? You can go sell out like you know console by yourself. Yeah, why? if you're Metallica, the the festival comes to you. Yeah, basically, you don't, you don't go to it. Yeah, like go play Not Fest or something. I don't know. Yeah, that'd be sweet. Um, I guess uh, in other good news too, um, if you guys are ICP fans. Uh, the gathering of the Juggalos is, gonna is be coming in... to our area at uh, Nelson's Ledges. I want to go, but I don't want to go. I want to go so bad. I want to go, but I don't want to go. I really want to go. Uh, we should... I think we should go, and we should just bring a camera, and we should do. It'll a, be like a the podcast. Blair Witch Project. Yeah, dude. <laughs> you but been... instead of like running from ghosts, we're running from clowns. We have like nitrous. no, we'd have like the fucking camera. Be like, what the fuck is that in the tree? Instead of it like being like the witch symbol, it would be like a fucking running hatchet man. Somebody made out of sticks. Yeah, would yeah. Be stuff like that. You like turn the corner. There's just like a guy in clown paint, and he's like huffing nitrous out of a balloon. <laughs> hey, you guys want a fucking thing? And it's whoa, man, whoa. Well, I'm just trying to make it back to my tent, dude. Oh, cool. You guys got any crack? Like, <laughs> yeah. <you know>? <laughs> <laughs> Although, we could be sitting around a campfire and be like, water, fire, air, and dirt, fucking magnets. How do they work? Yeah, we could. But instead of sitting around a fire and drinking beers, I do believe that we'd be sitting around a fire and drinking Fago. Oh, yeah, we'd have to. We'd have to. I wouldn't even... I think if, if any person who goes to the Gathering of the Juggalos gets in... They have to be able to have a thing of Fago or they get kicked out. Is there out. like a store like by Nelson Ledges? Yeah, there's quite a few. Yeah, I'm sure they're all going to be sold out of Fago. Yeah. I'm them. sure if you go in there, you'd be like, hey, do you have a Fago? But like, nah, man, but we got Shasta. You'd be like, nah, I'm good. Yeah. Yo, I'm out, man. Yeah. Fuck this store. But that's pretty cool to see. Uh, apparently, Nelson's Ledges was the actual first gathering of the Juggalos in... Um, was it really? Yeah. I, uh, I can't even remember uh, what year it was. But... Uh, they do have Juggalo Championship Wrestling at the Gathering. Really? Yeah. They call it the Crystal Forest, all the Juggalos, because that was like the original place that held it. And they're like, yeah, we're going back to the Crystal Forest. I read the post. It was insane. Actually, uh, <laughs> my buddy uh, Dante DiLorenzo, who's actually talking here, he um, he like tagged me in it, and I couldn't believe it. I'm like, get out of here, man. This is crazy. I couldn't believe it was there either. I thought it was always like in the Midwest. Oh, he says uh, he told us to look up American Juggalo. Somebody already took a uh, camera to the gathering and did a documentary. Oh. I do believe I've seen that. Cause I think I have heard of that That's why before. I was making the joke about the nitrous because uh, there was like a guy interviewing him and he had like a whole fucking canister <laughs> like, like that the doctors have. You know what I mean? It's like, how the fuck do you get that in? Like, what do you... Is, oh, it's helium. Where do you even get one at? I don't know. But that's fucking nuts. You know? Do you think maybe he was a doctor? Because it's weird, because Juggalos are like the weirdest people. Yeah. <laughs> you know, um... You're like, here's this... Here, yeah, there's this guy that's like, you know, he's shooting up here in this back alley. He's a Juggalo. But then I like, go to your doctor's office, and he has like a running hatchet man tattoo like on his arm. You're like, what, what the fuck? Yeah. He just gives you a wink. Yeah. And then gives you the laughing gas. And <laughs> you go under. And then you wake up, and your face is painted. It's fucking Fago all over the walls. Oh. <sighs> This guy's a fucking animal. I will. I will not buy a. Oh man, I should buy like a running hatchet man, like hockey jersey or something ridiculous. Kenny, we should we should get a group together. Kenny's ex says he wants to go. This would be sweet. I don't know if I want to go to the gathering. Oh man, come on. I think it'd be a life altering experience. Oh, no, because then I'd become a juggalo. Can I tell you a secret? You are a juggalo. No, oh. but I know somebody who is. I'm sure I know people who are juggalos. Somebody close to us. 
Your wife? No. Bunny. Oh, he's a juggalo. He's not a juggalo, but he told me the other day, he's like, I don't really want to admit this. And now here I am just saying it on the internet. <laughs> but he's like, I kind of like ICP. I was like, really? All There's right. some stuff by ICP that I th- well, it's more that I think it's funny than I think it's like good. What's going on, Trey? How you doing, man? Sorry, guys. Uh, if you're listening on Spotify, we are talking to our group. Yeah. Be sure to go check out our Facebook page. And uh, you can catch us live, uh, usually every Sunday when we're going yeah. live. So, But um, I, I think that's it for yeah. uh, you know current current news there. I think we should do more of that. Yeah, that's exciting. Yeah. Ooh. Uh, but moving My on. My boner is ready. <laughs> Stop. I can only get so erect. Uh, moving on to the, the topic Rock at hand here. Cream. Uh, <laughs> talking about drummers. <laughs> <laughs> and um, I, 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 you know, we could start at the very beginning, you know, like early, like fifties, even before then. Um, but I think it'd be really cool, uh, just to go ahead and throw it on the table now, to see the progression of what drumming has become today. Uh, yeah, I mean, even if you look at um, if you if you the way that people originally played was you held the one stick uh, between your fingers and rested here in your thumb like a chopstick, and then the other one you held like people hold it now. You yeah. don't see people play like that anymore. Yeah, that's uh, very jazzy. Yeah, it's a, it's like a jazz style playing. It's like when you see people like Tom Morello who are classically trained in like how to play the guitar. They play with their guitar all the way up here. No one does that anymore. Yeah, and it, that's and then uh, drumming really started with the cymbals and everything. That that really started with like jazz and stuff, and then of course went off into rock. And then, <clears throat> so uh, I, I I guess I'd say in my personal opinion, when you when you look at drumming. Uh, in like a beginning standpoint, it was a very soft thing. You know what I mean? Um, you were there to keep the beat. Yeah, like I mean, you—that's where you originally had like uh, paintbrushes and stuff. You know, what mm-hmm. I mean? people didn't play drums hard like they do nowadays. I um, mean, you'd play the cymbal with the. I mean, have you ever played with a brush before? No. Okay. I mean, like messing around in a store, kind of, but yeah. never like actually on a set. It's kind of nice, actually. It's kind of weird. It's like it's kinda, very it, quiet. Yeah, yeah, but it's I mean, very it's, quiet. It, yeah, it really sets the mood though for like, um, again, like that jazz. Well, not so much like the slow jazz, I guess, kind of thing. Yeah. Um, I would say you know, looking at people, I, I mean, we'd mention them. You know, Ringo Starr. Uh, you Ringo Starr was like one of the first big named. Like he just does drums. Yeah, and um, that's one of the first ones that like come to mind too when I think about like older music. Like, uh, drummer-wise, mm-hmm. you know what I mean? Um, however, like, uh, there was an interview. I think we've we've said this on the show before, but it's hilarious. But there was an interview with the Beatles, and they're like, so is Ringo Starr, like, the best drummer in the world? That was actually, I actually looked that up today. That's actually from a comedy sketch. From, oh, really? From 81. Oh, my God, um, so it's not real? Yeah, it was some, Sad. Uh, so the guy's last name was Kerr or something. Yeah, but he, it was it aired on the BBC in like '81, and he made the joke that Ringo Starr wasn't even the best drummer in the Beatles. Although uh, Paul McCartney is also a really good drummer. Yeah, Paul McCartney. Well, I shouldn't say he's like a really good drummer. Paul McCartney is also a talented drummer. Yeah, I'm, I'm pretty sure he actually did the drums in the song back in the USSR, but I could be wrong. Hmm. I think I read somewhere about that, but I, I could be wrong. So don't exactly quote me on that. But I, I think we need a Jamie. Yeah, Jamie, could you look that up? Yeah. Yeah. Um. I don't know. Ringo was, he was talented for yeah, sure. He, he was, was definitely always in the pocket. He was um, talented and for what he, he was. He was a little bit different than what other people were doing then, you know, but then again, the Beatles were kind of different for what was going on then too. 
Yeah, uh, they were a super huge mainstream band <clears throat> originally. You will never see another drugs. band. You will never see another band like the Beatles ever. No, because women were literally fainting whenever they got off the plane. Yeah. Like, oh my God, Paul Like, yeah. You're never gonna see people be like, you know, oh my God, it's Shaggy T Dev. Like, <laughs> <laughs> oh my God, the baby. Uh, uh, yeah. But he was he was good. Um, wasn't very you know like a a lot of fills kind of guy. No, he. But he, he's a very solid drummer. He did. He say. did his part. He did his part. Uh, when when you got into like the more, it was the Who with Keith Moon. Whenever they got into like the more, yeah, Keith Moon was a really good drummer, but he he did more of the fills and he's like, I'm just gonna do all this crazy shit. Check yeah. this out, my drum has fish in it. Yeah, like why is that like that? It's because I can, bro. Yeah. I'm like, how do you get those? Fi- You're gonna have to tear the whole drum apart now to get those fish out. Like you can't even feed them in there like that. Yeah, they're probably just gonna die from vibrations anyway. Yeah, but, uh, yeah. I mean, the Who was uh, a lot more fast paced too, so you got a lot of drumming that. Um, really kind of broke away from that style of, uh, you know, like that jazzy soft kind of playing. Mm-hmm. And when you s- really start to see a lot more of like heaviness, I guess you could say, right. like when it came to drum playing, um, wasn't super technical, you know, uh, but yeah, you, like you said, he's got a lot of fills and, um, it's something you didn't see a lot in, you know, slower, softer music, especially in the earlies, like forties and fifties kind of, you know, like even swing style, you know what I mean? Like it wasn't so much... Um, I guess like like a, I don't know what I want to say here, like a like a personalized instrument as much as it was like that guy just holding the beat, like right. he said, right? Like that was his job, you know what I mean? It's like, hey, let me do this fill. No, shut up. <laughs> kick snare, kick snare, kick snare, go. Like, and that was it, you know. Um, so I really, I think that's cool to see. Um, I don't know. I I guess. But I that's whenever that's whenever started taking off. Whenever drummers like, you know, what? I'm more than a metronome. Yeah. Yeah. Um, I, I can definitely play this instrument more than just one, two, three, yeah. four, like one, two, three, four, one, two, three, four, one, two, three, four, you know, it was different. It was cool. And I think that's what kind of started the craze of people like, dude, I want to play drums. Yeah. You know? Yeah. It was, yeah. Because before that was like, you know, you could play drums, but people weren't going ham on them. Yeah. I mean, in the fifties kind of, but it was, it was people like Keith Moon and like we said earlier, like Neil Peart, like those guys, when you watch those guys, you're like, damn. Yeah. He's fucking killing it. Yeah, man. Uh, I don't know who originally did it first, but the fucking spin and then grab and then go, or even like the toss up and then grab the stick and come back down on the snare. Phil like Collins, just watching it, you're always like, dude, that was dope. Yeah, you're turning into more of a show than it. You yeah. Know, it's, it's more about the, the showmanship. Yeah. It's uh, I'm still. These guys are still phenomenal. Like I, the drums was the first instrument I ever learned how to play. Like I can read sheet music for drums, but like I, I can't do that shit. Yeah, but I maybe, in my personal opinion, I maybe yours as well. But that was, you know, they're in the back of the band, mm-hmm. so you you never see them. You always see the the guitarist and the lead singer, the front men. You know what I mean? So maybe that's why they turned it into like a performance. You know, so people are like, oh hell yeah, dude. Oh yeah, I mean like uh. Not back then, but like now, like uh, have you ever seen like Joey Jordan? Whenever he he's on like the platform and he, yeah, he's he straps in, he like straps in, and they're like, okay, we're gonna turn you upside down and then spin you a little bit. Yeah. We're just gonna rotate you and you just keep on playing. And that's an insane thing, and people are just going fucking nuts. Um, I think this <clears> is like, I'd say like you know like seventies, um, is really where you started to I see. I keep kneeing the table. I apologize. It's okay. I think the seventies is where you really started to see a lot of like drum solos. Coming. Yeah, yeah. That's um, Take uh, uh, John Bonham. Yeah, John Bonham. Huge. 
Huge name. I mean, everybody knows John R. Bonham. R.I.P. Yeah, R.I.P. John R. I. P. Bonham. R.I.P. Keith Moon. Yeah. I See? <laughs> man? Well, Keith Moon died young. I guess John Bonham died young, too, though. Yeah. He died in, what, 85? Yeah. It's, uh, you know, John Bonham Jr. is not too bad, but he's definitely just not his dad. Uh, Keith Moon's son, I think, actually plays at the Who now. Really? Yeah, I'm pretty sure it's yeah, I, I think he played at the Super Bowl whenever they play at the Super Bowl. I know John Bonham Jr. plays in uh, uh, the Zeppelin, new Zeppelin band or whatever the hell it's called. So-so? Or? No, they were at uh, Rock on the Range. I can't even remember who it is now. But uh, Veta, Veta Van Fleet? Or no. Veta Van Fleet? <laughs> no, 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 no. <laughs> uh, that's, those guys are all together. That's uh, completely different. But um, like, like basically what I'm trying to say is like we're talking about drum solos here. Like take the song... For instance, uh, Moby Dick by Led Zeppelin. That song's incredible. Um, it's not anything, you know, appealing to, like, the radio and stuff like that, but that song is literally like an eight-minute drum solo. Yeah. It's nuts. Like, he starts out playing with just his hands, you know what I mean, like bongos, on, like, a regular set, and it's it blew my mind. I was like, yo, holy shit. Like, it's, you watch these guys leave the stage and go back and just, like, have a drink and shit. And meanwhile, Bonham's still out there going fucking ham, man. Like, I feel that takes a lot of talent because you're, you're, you still got to keep time. You can't just sit up there and just, you know, smack random notes. Yeah, and, I mean, that was even uh, – continuing with Bonham, though, like, um, it was a time – he was one of those guys that, like, he kind of stood out. And he was one of the first drummers to be like, I'm going to kind of stand out. Like, not that it's complicated or anything or – it's really easy, but like when the levy breaks, like that drum intro, that really does, you know, that really brings me into the song by Zeppelin. So that one's. He's um, iconic, yeah. I guess you can say. Um, Kenny Zeck had just told us that uh, Buddy Rich was a pretty prolific, uh, uh, I can't even fucking say it, uh, old school drummer. Yeah, yeah. But, um, I'm not certain who, who he is. I feel bad about that. I know the name, but I'm trying to think. Because I know that. I know I know he was. That's why I knew the name, but I didn't want to bring him up because I'm like, I can't think of what. I can't talk about this. Yeah, like, I'm not going to. I'm not just going to name drop him and be like, yeah, he, he played. Yeah, let me just get this internet page yeah. up real quick. Yeah. Um, uh, yeah. Yeah, yep, yeah, yep. Yeah. Here's like eight. Yeah, uh, Kenny, I, I am uh, unfamiliar with Buddy Rich. So uh, I do apologize in that aspect there. Um, getting getting to your comment here, Trey. Um, Trey says that uh, the Beast and the Harlot by Avenged Sevenfold. We're not to the. We're not there is, yet. Is apparently ranked uh, number two of one of the best solos, like drumming wise. No. Yeah, I I don't know where the hell he got that yeah. info from. Was somebody's that like a Loudwire article yeah. or some shit? Was that like somebody's Facebook post? Okay, he says he started doing a lot of the fancy strolls and uh, fills and stuff back in the 50s. So, there you go. Who did he play with? Yeah, I'm not certain. I know, like, I know the name, but that's why I didn't want to say because I was like, I can't remember who he played with. Um, so where are we at? We're in the 70s. 70s. Then the 80s is whenever uh, metal kind of, like, if you were a good drummer, you're going to go play metal. Yeah. Because metal bands, you can have an okay guitarist, you can have an okay bassist. Your vocals don't have to be anything great, but like if you have a drummer, that's going to make your band. Yeah. The I drummers f- really bring that metal band alive. You can't, you cannot have a bad drummer and be a metal band. No. No, you can't. Because then you're just like, 
soft rock. Yeah. You're not metal. Um, you can really change the sound of an entire song with, like, drums. Yeah. And and this is whenever uh, Lars Ulrich from Metallica, whenever he, kind of, well, he got his start. I guess Metallica started in the late 70s, but for all intents, him and Dave Lombardo for uh, Slayer are really, like, the two uh, driving forces behind metal drumming at that time. Yeah. Because it's not like Dave Lombardo was doing anything, like, special, but he was playing so fast. Yeah. His playing style, he plays so fast. And Lars is a really good drummer when he wants to be a really good drummer. Yeah. And he hasn't wanted to be a good drummer since he was like, let me just overshadow Jason Newstow on his debut album, And Justice for All. And then after that, I'm just going to play for it. I'm not going to do anything special anymore. Because yeah. you, you hear his drumming on Master of Puppets and, and Justice for All. Like, it's great. Yeah. He's doing phenomenal. I think this is also where you kind of start to see a lot of the technical side yeah. of drumming. You know what I mean? Yeah. It's not your stereotypical 4-4 patterns. Um, like aside from fills and stuff, you're getting into a lot of technical like techniques, like how we talked, you know, Neil Pert, how he's got like the layers of symbols, you know what I mean? Um, yeah. these are very specific motions that they have to make in order to make these sounds. Some of it's unnecessary. Like whenever Tommy Lee has like fucking, you know, six kick drums. Yeah. I'm like, that's kind of unnecessary. You only have two feet. You sir. only need two kick drums. Yeah. But Tommy Lee's like, you only need one kick drum. Well, yeah. But. Yeah, I see what you're saying here. Well, okay, you only need one kick drum. I mean, you can do it, but I understand that some people want to have like that. It gives more. It gives a different sound when you have two. Yeah. So I I can understand that, but when you're like, okay, I need four. I'm like, nah. You just need like you don't two max. Yeah. Yeah. And here we are talking shit, but then we were just talking about Neil Pert, and he's probably got like sixteen. You know? Yeah, but he also had a set that was set up around him, <laughs> and it was meant to like he was meant to just be like, okay, I'm gonna turn over here now and play. All right, now I'm gonna keep on playing, but I'm gonna somehow go back here and face the other direction and play. Um, I can't remember the drummer's name. Um, and for some reason he had a gong. Well, that was a big thing too. Is a lot of, like drummers are like, I have a gong, and I'm like, that's more of like a, a that's more of like a status thing. <laughs> like you're not actually gonna play that gong. Yeah. Maybe like Lars Ulrich could have threw the gong into uh, wherever I may roam. Oh yeah, I mean, so you can just oh yeah, because that was at the very beginning, wasn't it? Yeah, he, <sighs> yeah. He's like, hey, I had the I bought this fucking four hundred dollar gong for one song. Yeah. Okay. This song better get huge. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> and drum sets are expensive. Yes, um, they're by far the most expensive piece of a, a of musical equipment. Yeah. For those of you guys who are unaware. Um, I always thought, you know, guitars were fucking expensive. And, uh, you know, I bought a cheap kit from a buddy of mine, and, you know, I got a steal on it. I got it for, like, I think 150 bucks because it just been sitting in his basement. He wanted to get rid of it. And I was like, cool, well, I need to upgrade this, you know. So um, go and buy some drum heads. And, uh, all right, cool, you know, this What, did you, this what drum heads buying. did you buy, though? Um, I bought uh, Aquarium. Okay. Uh, they're, they're, like, mid-range, you know, not super top of the line. Um because I wanted to get Remo pinstripes, and when I went to go look, I'm like, okay, well, you don't you don't think about it, but your drums have two heads. You have a batter head, yeah, and you, then you have the resonance head. Yeah. You got to buy both of those, okay? Well, one of them's like 12 bucks. I'm like, okay, cool. Well, how many drums do I have? It's like one, two, three, four, five, six. Okay, cool. Oh, holy fuck, I'm at $120 already. Like, all right, um... 
yeah, I'll buy the cheaper ones, I guess. Are these good? And the guy's like, oh, yeah, they're great. I'm like, cool, all right, well, I need a new symbol. All right, yeah, man, uh, we got some over here, cool. I was like, yeah, I really like the way this one sounds. How much is it? He's like, that's uh, 475 bucks. I was like, for one? He's like, yeah. I'm like, you got anything cheaper? The one I got now, um, that's that's a Minel, and it's a medium grade, not super crazy, but that was $175 for the, for the ride alone. Whenever I was in, uh, God, I was probably... 13 years old, we were at a flea market, and some guy was selling a drum set. Uh, it was like a knockoff one, but it came with the cymbals, and I still have those cymbals because I bought the whole drum set for 50 bucks. And one, and it's a it's a Remo hi hat with a not a Remo fucking it's a Saban hi hat, but I have a Zildjian fucking crash ride cymbal, and I'm like, this is probably like a 200 dollars cymbal. I'm just gonna hold on to this. Yeah, I wouldn't get rid of that. No, no, I still have it. Yeah, that's Do great. You want it? Yeah, bring it over. I bring it over. That'd be sweet. <laughs> But yeah, I mean, so you got you got to have a lot of respect uh, for drummers, especially guys who have big kits. Um, I can't imagine guys who have price. big kits. Yeah, <laughs> love guys with big kits. Yeah, I love them big black kits. I can't imagine the 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 cost of Neil Peart's set. Yeah, yeah, uh, I'm thousands. The drummer for System of a Down has. I know there was one symbol that he just. And have you ever seen his drum set? It's fucking huge. Just one of his crash symbols was like three hundred and fifty dollars. You can buy a cheap kit for $350. You could buy two guitars for $350. There was a, one of the one there was one drum set that I, I really wanted when I was a kid. It was a Yamaha Maple Custom, but it was like $3,000. Yeah. Like going and looking at decent kits really depresses me. You know, cuz I would love to upgrade. Uh, and currently. when you get those kits, it's not like they're coming with the cymbals either. No. And that doesn't that also does not include cymbal stands either. Yeah. You know, um, a, I, a lot of drummers nowadays are playing with racks uh, rather than using stands. I've never used a rack, but I don't know how I feel about using. I've them. played on them, and they it feels amazing. Really? Yes, but you're <clears throat> looking at a drum rack that costs fifteen hundred dollars. You know, that's not including the cost of your high end drums. You know, that's uh, <laughs> that's a lot of money, man. Yeah, uh, I've bought cars for cheaper well, than that. Trey was saying about the Beast and the Harlot. The Rev, he used a, the the type of head he used on his um, snare for City of Evil. That was like a fucking hundred dollar snare head. Yeah. And then you got like because it, it's, it's Lars Ulrich it's, who used a fucking trash can lid for for Saint Anger, Saint Anger. <laughs> for the whole album. Have you ever seen a guy play the? Yeah. Oh my god, it's fantastic. amazing. It's amazing. Uh, Kenny had said, um, <clears throat> and this is a pretty good. Uh, comment here but he said he, he loves to see guys who play on minimal kits but make them sound like they're huge yeah i feel like that that takes a lot of talent you'll, you'll see guys who play with like just a snare a tom a couple cymbals and a double bass those pedal. guys have to work hard though yeah man that's nuts that's like the the drum set dave Grohl used for uh in utero it just had the floor tom one mounted tom the kick drum and a snare and then he had like a crash a ride hi-hat and i think he had a splash and a splash yeah so i only had like four symbols yeah but he beat the shit out of that thing one of my favorite quotes ever and it's in the kurt cobain journals um he's you know sitting there and he's writing and he's talking about oh my god nirvana's over we lost another drummer and uh you know moving on i guess you know up a genre here you know we're still talking about the 80s we're still stuck in the 80s we're not that's you know chad channing there you know and um you know, once he quit, Chad Channing was the drummer for Nirvana. He was actually the longest tenured drummer of Nirvana. Yeah. Um, well, then Kurt had said in the drum, um, in his journals, once they found Dave Grohl, he goes, "Oh my God, this guy plays the drums like he's beating the fuck out of somebody's head." Yeah. Like, and if you go and you watch him play live, 
it's insane the amount of force that he's like putting down. I can't imagine how many heads that guy went through. Like, and not only that, but they destroyed their equipment after, yeah, all after the show. every show. They just started breaking the shit. Uh, I don't know, man. Um, I think that's where. Uh, I don't know. Personally, that's where I like always want to learn to play drums. You know what I mean? But never did. Um, Kenny Zek, for instance, uh, he left a pearl set over my house, and I just kind of started messing around on it. And then I was like, you know what? I'm gonna go buy one of these, and I did. But that I think Dave Grohl is a pretty big inspiration for me. Just like watching him play live, it just looks so fun. You know what I mean? Watching a lot of drummers play, especially when they got long hair and stuff, um, it's insane, man. You know what I mean? Like it, like we said, it's it's a performance. The eighty, but the. Well, I guess we can kind of close on the 80s now. Cause I, One thing I want to say, though, about the 80s. Where the hell, like, Def, Up, Def Leppard, for instance, okay? I don't know what they did, but, like, the drum had, like, the snare. This, you know what I mean? It sounded like you could hear the guys. That was guys. all in the editing. Yeah, but it's just so weird. Where did you get the idea for that? Yeah, it sounds like the guy's, like, you can hear his hand cutting don't through the air Don't use both arms for that. Oh, yeah. <laughs> There is some talent though, man. Well, no, but he plays with his feet. Yeah. Now he has he has like foot pedals for different drums. That's insane. Yeah. Like, I mean, a lot of people talk a lot of shit, but the I mean, if you guys don't know, the drummer for Def Leppard had lost an arm and continued to play drums with one arm. Yeah. What has ten legs and nine arms? Def Leppard. Well, I mean, look at get. Well, I mean, with Rush though, look at Getty Lee. Getty Lee would be like, I'm gonna play keyboards and I'm gonna play a bass and I'm gonna sing because I'm gonna play these keyboards with my feet. Yeah. Like, how do you do that? I don't know, man. How that's, you like, let me just how... do, like, ten different things at once. I mean, even drums alone. Drums I drums alone. started to learn to play, like, moving your feet and hands different. You know what I mean? Yeah, like, but uh, can you imagine? But I can't sing and play. Yeah. I can play drums, but I can't sing and play drums. Or not. It's hard. Just practice. Practice, Kenny. I can't practice. Makes perfect. All right, so moving on into the 90s, um, I feel like with a lot of the mainstream stuff we had, uh, you you really felt drumming kind of like slow down. Well, well, like we're saying with Dave Grohl though, Dave Dave Grohl was, uh, in the early nineties like a huge influence. And Dave Dave him, Dave Grohl and Billy Chamberlain I think were like big. I'm not familiar with Chamberlain. Smashing Pumpkins. Okay, okay. Um, they were both like big uh, influences. People wanted to get into that sound. And I mean, you look at a song like Tonight Tonight where like Chamberlain kind of carries like the whole tune with like he's like okay I'm just gonna roll into this and then. I mean, are you familiar with the the song tonight? Tonight, yeah, yeah. Just, I mean, if you think about the drums in your head, how like it just flows with everything. Yeah, it's not I feel so almost much. Almost like he's, he had a whole lot of snare play too. He's not there keeping the beat. He's there like the song is flowing with him. Play. I mean, I guess technically he's keeping the beat. Keeping but... the beat, but they're flowing together the way he plays it. Like, cause he's like, okay, let me just do like this big roll, and then like we're gonna do all like the splashes and these fills, and then we're gonna go back and like these rolls and yeah, you know. It's like a crescendo. It builds. I didn't think about that, but yeah, you're right. Yeah, just well, if you think about the song in your head, like it builds and then it, and that builds. Yeah, and that's all based off the drummer. Like we said, I mean, I guess aside from like a metal band, even like a drummer really, really determines the sound of your music. Like you could play the same guitar riff with faster drums, mm -hmm. and it completely changes the whole vibe. You know what I mean? Like even uh, when you start to incorporate like a double pedal on a on a kick. Um, it sounds way heavier almost like like using a chorus or something like right. where you're just like do 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 but then you like do 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 and like you're still playing that same riff but now it's like holy shit like who released the horses man like this war is going down like i don't know i've always gotten pumped about that um 
me personally, when I started to learn to play, I never realized, like I always thought when, okay, you know, they go into the course, you just play faster and harder. You know what I mean? It's like, mm-hmm. no, it's a very simple technique. Just take your foot off your hi-hat. Yeah. <laughs> and, and it sounded way different, you know? Um, I don't know. Drums have always blown my mind in that aspect. But um, 90s. Dave, well, early on, it would be Dave Grohl and Billy Chamberlain. Dave Grohl, a lot of people just think of him as like the lead singer, guitarist for Foo Fighters, but he is a much better drummer than he is a guitarist. Yeah. And he's a pretty good guitarist. Yeah. Because uh, he even did uh, the Queen of the Stone Age um, songs for the deaf. He was the drummer on that one, too. But by then, he already had Foo Fighters, so he wasn't looking to be their full-time drummer. He just kind of helped them make an album, and then he's in the music video for um, No One Knows. I don't know if you've ever seen that music video. I have not. He is the one playing the drums, and he is playing angry. Yeah. He has, like, the full grimace, and he's just fucking smashing them. Like, I know it's just, you know, a music video, but he's actually, you know, these guys actually do play their instruments when they play it, when they do the music video. They're yeah. just not, but he is smashing it. Yeah. I think that's how he always played. I don't know, man. Like, even, like, the video for Smells Like Teen Spirit, like, his hands go way up and then down, and you're like, holy shit. Drummers bro. always have a face. Yeah. Yeah. That's the one thing. Every drummer has a face, because... Um, no matter what band it is, every drummer has a face they put on because Dave Rose is one of those guys, like, he has, like, his fucking nose is snarled back and his teeth are showing and his eyes are just, like, he's just fucking angry. It's like a dog growling at somebody at the door. Yeah, yeah. Because yeah. we had this one, oh, what band did we see? We saw, we saw Social Distortion and this band called The Wigs played before them. This was over in Austintown. What was that? What's that place in Austintown called? Some hole in the wall. I have no idea. Oh. Uh, maybe it was Austintown, but... The cellar? <clears throat> no, no. This is way before, the way after the cellar closed. But um, I forgot what it was called. But this dude has like the weirdest look on his face. Like his eyes are like bulging out, and he's just like, like as he's playing, like ah, oh, just it was such a weird look for them. But they, <laughs> they did like this weird thing, and I swear to God, it lasted forty-five minutes, but it only lasted like three, where they had like this weird breakdown in the middle of one of their songs. And they were just like playing like fast, like they would start off playing something and go faster, faster, faster. And he just kept on like going and going and going. And like they were at like top speed for like what seemed like an hour, but again, it was like three minutes. And then they came out of it and they just started playing slow again. And I'm like, did my body just leave? Like, did my soul just leave? What the fuck did I just watch? That's awesome. But again, he had like that, that drummer's face. As they play faster and faster, his eyes get wider and wider and wider. Yeah, Finally yeah. just popping out of his skull. <laughs> like, Bro, chill. He's going to have a stroke. Yeah, it's like that vein popping out, just burst, and blood just starts shooting out. But it keeps playing. They keep playing. They're live, you know. He's just getting paler and paler because he's losing more blood. Yeah, that's why they started to play slower because the drummer was actually dying. Uh, and oh, then that's crazy. Toward the toward the end of the 90s, though, um, the one name that a lot of people say, I should say, a lot of people were like, Travis Barker is the best drummer ever. And I'm like, no, he's really good, though. Yeah. I don't think he's the best ever, but he, for what he's doing, he's really good at it. I mean, I've never seen Travis Barker try and rip a metal song, so who knows? Maybe I'm wrong, but I, I've seen him do some impressive shit on a snare drum. Yeah. He's like, you want to check out this cool snare solo? And he's like hitting the rim and like fucking rolling and shit. I'm like, that's pretty cool. I wish I could do that. Yeah, he's a guy who plays so much. Um, <clears throat> like watching uh, interviews with him, he actually uses super glue on his hands. Because they just start to crack and break from the sticks, you know, that's that's crazy. And he's like, yeah, it's just like another layer of skin I put on, <laughs> you know. But uh, I guess like leading into the 2000s, like I would definitely stick with Barker coming in because um, that's where you started to see uh, 
once he broke away from Blink-182, like, you know, YouTube got big and shit. Uh, he did a drum cover of Soldier Boy, uh, Crank That. And Ooh. it was awesome, dude. Awesome. And uh, he's another guy who played super hard. You know, his his hands are always up. But I guess I, I personally can't think of, like, a face for him. He's always been just, like, straight smooth. Like, like it's it's just flawless for him. A lot of drummers just, have a face. Yeah. I don't know him. Him, I just I can't think. It's of like one. they're vinegar know. strokes, except for it's for drumming. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> oh, it's amazing. Yeah. Um, like so, going into two thousands, this is where we, we got into a lot of different kind of music well, too. Coming in, um, way before the two thousands, even uh, uh, Tom Haki from from Mashuga. Yeah, he's really fucking. Good. Oh wow! He yeah. might be like the best drummer on the planet. Yeah. Close, close. Close. I can't, I don't know. Yeah, yeah, he's fucking nuts. He plays some rhythms that are just out of here. Like, like I said, okay, take 4-4 four, four and throw it the fuck out the window. That's what he did. Yeah. You know? Yeah. Well, <laughs> his patterns are weird, you know? I'll show, well, I'll show people, like, I'm like, I'm like, you want to hear a really hard song to drum? Listen to Bleed. And they'll, like, hear it. They're like, they're like, that doesn't sound that hard. I'm like, not for your hands, but, like, your feet. Imagine what your feet are trying to fucking do right now. Yeah. Because, like, the... The the uh, the with the hand it's just a basic like you know one, two, three, four. But like his feet are just fucking doing something completely out of it. Yeah. I'm like, what the fuck is he trying to? I don't understand. Uh, I I agree with you. Yeah, he's uh, he's got some rhythms that are just fucking crazy to follow. Like it, one of those things you're just trying to kind of bang your head to, and you yeah. can't keep the beat. You know what I mean? It's weird. Uh, uh, the he, other uh, oh, go ahead. Go I ahead. was gonna say, um, yeah. Also, like you know, late '90s coming into the 2000s would um, I'm not, can't remember his name, uh, but the drummer for Dream Theater, Mark, Mike Portnoy. Mike Portnoy. Okay, yeah. he's Mike Portnoy's really he's good. great, man. He, um, yeah, yeah. I can't believe Avenged Sevenfold didn't take him. Yeah. Well, I think he he didn't want to. Well, he quit Dream Theater. Did he quit? Quit? He quit. Because I know he was he was the touring drummer for them after the Revit died. And then uh, he like he didn't Dream... record the album. Okay, because I I thought he recorded Nightmare. Did he? I thought Maybe he did. did, and I thought he like told Dream Theory, he's like, yeah, I don't, I'm gonna go with these guys now. And they're like, nah, man, we good. Yeah, we got this shittier guy. We'll take him. Yeah, do you guys you want to you guys want to hear a remake of Metallica's Black album? Let's show you Hell to the King. <laughs> I never thought about that. I'll show I'll show you something whenever we're done. Oh my god, that's great. I never thought about that, but yeah, um, I definitely agree with you. It is very. Hey, let's not be metal anymore. I'll, I'll show you. I'll show you something whenever we're done. Oh, that's you'll, great. You'll love it. Um, God, I apologize. It's uh, okay. Is that was that what you're trying to say? It was Mike Portnoy? Yeah, Mike Portnoy. And then, of course, the Rev. Yeah, in the early 2000s. Yeah, the, the Rev. Reverend. Joey Jordison. Joey Jordison. Oh my God, this guy. Um. Can you also include the clown in that? Do we include him? Do we? I mean, all he did was run around stage with a baseball bat hitting a keg. I mean, that's percussion, though, right? Yeah, that's yeah, clown. All right, so clown was a pretty good drummer. He had a lot of notes. And he played. Yeah, I mean, he played the. Um, God, what the fuck is it called? Oh my God, I can't believe I forgot. Never mind. Go. Uh, okay. Go. Okay. I was gonna say also. Um, I have to look it up now because I'm stupid. I mean, Joey Jordison. Uh, this is one of the guys that we, you know, we touch base on, but. Um, a definite like performance drummer. Uh, this is a guy who you could go to a show. The timpani, and that was it. The timpani. I knew it was. I, I was like, is it timpani? I'm gonna go fucking. Yeah, timpani. Okay. 
Well, Jordison would like, like we. I mean, we had mentioned it, but uh, he he actually has like a drum that's on a movable platform, and um, he would be strapped into the seat, and everything's bolted to the ground, and they would literally like pick the set up and flip him upside down, and then spin it in a circle. So he's playing while suspended. You know what I mean? Right. It's a performance and a half. Like that's fucking crazy, man. And the guy's good. I love yeah, his yeah. music. Like his playstyle is very, very fast, very aggressive, but also very technical. Um, he's not—I don't know—not bad by any means. You know, I—I've always enjoyed listening to him. I was super like sad to see him go. I was like, uh, "What's he gonna do?" Oh, Can like he just like ascend. Well, I mean, like the thing—you uh, got to think of a song like um, um, "Sick." Whenever it comes up with that. The whole, the whole, dun 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 Yeah. 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 Like, it's just, and it, and then the bass drum kicks in, and he's just playing as fast as he can. It just kind of hits you right in the face. Yeah, that's, that's what I, yeah, it's like a punch, dude. Bam! Like, you're like, oh, shit! That's what I meant by, like, once you hear that, that double bass, you're just like, holy fuck. Like, you could just drive a car a million miles an hour, like, it, you know, not give two shits. Yeah. Ah, it's like, it's amazing. Um, another person you definite uh like amazing mention for like coming into the 2000s would be chris adler from lamb god yes uh yes completely changed the game um <clears throat> i think he's so technically sound that guy is so solid man um and he just looks like some guy you meet in a trailer park in a bush. Yeah. <laughs> just like overalls on fucking dirty face some chew yeah he's like hey man you guys want to jam yeah, I played drums a couple times. All right, cool. Show me what you do. You're hired. <laughs> like, that's hey, Lamb of God got him out of the trailer park. <laughs> uh, I don't know. I I think Adler is so sound. Um, he's such a tight drummer. Mm-hmm. Um, on the song uh, "Walk the Faded Line," off of Ashes of the Wake, uh, he does this fill that's just out of this world. Um, and it's like you know we're talking about technicalities here too, and like very precise precision hits. Um, you know, he's doing a double bass roll while coming over top of the toms and then, like, hitting the snare, coming back, smacking the bell on the ride, and then coming back. It's like a fucking wave. Like, uh, like we've tried to, like, recreate it with my old drummer, and it's just hard as hell, man. Even listening to it, it's like, like, you can't look up tabs for that shit. Yeah. <laughs> you <know>? yeah. <laughs> it's hard, man. I think he's, uh, I, I'm, I'm pretty sad to see him and Lamb of God split, but, uh, you know, personal issues, he's going through rehab and stuff and physically cannot play at least he didn't kill a man yeah true neither did fucking randy though technically yeah (laughs) allegedly (laughs) allegedly uh and then i'd go with uh brandoyer from mastodon yeah and he sings yeah mastodon is a band without a lead singer yeah i love that quote that's great yeah and he he plays and sings at the same time it's very very amazing yeah because he did the um he did the mother load. He's singing for the mo- if you ever you know the song mother load from once more around the sun. He's singing. That's him singing, which you think it's impressive. But then like I watched him play it live. He does not do half the fills. No, no, he doesn't do even nearly half the fills. Because I was watching <clears throat> Jimmy Kimmel live one night. It was on. And I was looking at the channels. <clears throat> and I saw they're gonna have Mastodon on, so I was watching it. And they're like, okay, our special guest Mastodon. He's he's playing. He's not even doing like a third of the fills. Yeah, I mean it's tough. I don't know. If you're gonna play live, you don't want to fuck up. Yeah, plus up. like if you're recording, you you could do multiple takes. He's he has like the mic over. He's playing like this. 
he's like singing over here as he's playing because so he can swing his arms up and stuff and not hit his mic. Yeah. And I'm like, okay, I can I can see why he's doing that. But. I respect that. Yeah. Um, speaking of drummers that like sing and play at the same time, I actually just got to see him last night. Uh, but Aaron Gillespie from Under Oath and uh, The Almost, which is the band we saw last night play. Uh, this guy when was, he got stranded. Yeah, we got stranded in Pittsburgh last night. It was a, it was a fun time. But um, this guy I've always adored on drums because he's he's a very technically sound drummer too, but uh, he is the main like clean vocals of the band. Like it's not like you know he does backup like whoa no like he is literally the voice of the band besides the screamer. Like the screamer has a couple you know normal clean parts, but anytime you hear like you know, a, a clean vocal. It's it's Aaron mm-hmm. singing and playing drums at the same time. And uh, I don't know. I thought it was amazing. Um, he was also, I, I'm not going to say one of the first, but l- like one of the first that I had noticed using like electronic pads <coughs> on an acoustic set to kind of try and add a different element. You know Usually I mean? if you see people using electronic drums, they're just using electronic, you know, I mean, they're, they're not doing both. Yeah. I'd, so, like he, when I seen them play live, like he had an acoustic set and then he had a pad set up over to the right of his set mm-hmm. that had three different uh, little heads on them, you know what I mean? And each one made a different noise. And I obviously pre-programmed per song and stuff, but that's still pretty neat, you know, uh, to kind of add that spice, I guess you could say. Right. Really different. So like coming into like the end of the 2000s, like 2008, uh, 2009. I guess we kind of skipped on grindcore. I know that's not a super huge genre, but the drumming in that is nuts, man. It's all pretty much the same, though. Yeah. If you can drum, if you can drum for one grindcore band, you you covered the entire discography yeah. for every grind. It doesn't matter if it's uh, Cannibal Corpse or fucking Anal Cunt. Like you've probably yeah, you can probably do them all. Like look at the drummer for Job for a Cowboy. Um, yeah. Super, that guy's got to have Man, legs. talk about a band that just underachieved. Yeah. I thought they were going to be so huge. They were really good. They were really big for like a f- two or three years, but I thought they were going to be like fucking huge. Yeah. I thought for, they were going to be like the next Slipknot and then. For me, I, I think that was the first, like Grindcore, that era, that's the first time I ever heard Blast Beats really be played. Mm-hmm. And uh, I think that really solidified its, uh, the Blast Beat in metal music now, you know? Uh, a lot of death metal people use Blast Beats and... Super hard to do. Uh, I can't. <laughs> I suck at it. Like it sounds like a fucking machine gun. Like yeah. straight up. It's uh, it's cool. I I've always thought it was sweet as fuck. I like watching talented drummers do it with one hand. And they kind of just do like a roll across the rim, and they're hitting the drum, but they're just fast as shit with it. And it's like I can try and do it, but I can't keep like that same hit, like that strength. Right on the snare, it always dies out, and these guys are like, duh, 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 duh. and I'm like, holy fuck, man! Like, can you imagine that guy backhanding somebody? <laughs> like, <laughs> probably fucking hurt. It's crazy forearm strength. Um, so going into 2010, like the end there. Uh, I mean, would you say again? I'm going back a couple years, but like Mario Del Ponte for Gojira. Yeah. Yeah, uh, Kenny had actually mentioned that. Uh, <laughs> he said he's super dynamic. Yeah, yeah. No, he's he's really good. Yeah, his his drums are fucking. The last the last album they were kind of the last album for Grosier was a lot different though because their mother had just died so put them in a different mood but it, it wasn't as heavy as what it as their other ones and the style was kind of different but. <clears throat> I like listening to them because 
they do a lot of stuff different too. Um, you get a lot of those not exactly four four patterns, you mm-hmm. know, and uh, everything's a little bit different. Uh, my daughter is saying hello, by the way. <laughs> uh, but like my favorite song, you know, uh, <laughs> the art of dying. I just love the drums in that, like especially the the build up in the well, beginning. Well, see, I don't. I, whenever whenever it's whenever it first hits you, like after the the whole Mongolian throat singing and everything. I still can't figure out what he's playing. Yeah. I can't figure out what time signature he's doing because I'm sure it's the same every time he plays it. But I, I'm like trying to figure out. I'm like, all right, so there should be a snare hit here, and then it's not there, and then it's like the next beat. I'm like, should have been there. <laughs> and then I'll listen to it again. I'm like, all right, so okay. And then it like hits. I'm like, no, it should be the next beat. Where the fuck? Why? What is he doing? Yeah. yeah like it sounds random, but I know it's not. Yeah, yeah. It's definitely something that they practice over and over again to get good like that. I just, I, I can't wrap my mind around it sometimes because. You get so used to a 4-4, you know what I mean, and keeping a beat and stuff, but, like, you're keeping a beat off beat. Yeah. What the fuck? I guess, um, I mean, sticking with 2000s, I'd say, like, the drummer from Tool, he's he's also another one that can really hold an off beat as I well. I can't think of his name right now. Me neither. I should know that. It's not important. It's just Tool. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Someone's going to fucking roast us. I, I know. I just like to make people upset, you know. That's a troll there. But, um... Yeah, their music is very different, you know. Uh, and they started out what in like the nineties. Dan Carey, why did I know that? I don't know. I didn't know it, but he, he's yeah, got a Dan, very versatile. Danny Carey, I don't know. I don't know why I couldn't think of that. Very versatile style of playing, like from slow music to to heavy, you know. Mm-hmm. Uh, and he does kind of like that ambient thing where he's like, "All right, let me just hit these fucking low toms." Yeah. I don't know. It's, I think it's neat as shit to really see that. I mean, coming into like two thousand and ten, now this is when we're like really getting into like. Like you said, like the metal bands with amazing drummers. Um, you Lars take, Ulrich is still God. Yeah. I don't think <clears> so. <throat> I think somebody killed him. He hasn't cared about playing drums for 30 years, okay? It's sad. But um, first band I'd like to mention would be like uh, After the Burial. Um, their drummer is phenomenal, man. I, I, I love him. Um, like you're talking about... Uh, you know, the, that offbeat, you know, like, where did the snare go? You know what I mean? Uh, they have a song called To Carry You Away, and they literally have this, like, breakdown party. It's like, and you're like, okay, cool. Well, then the next time he goes, and it changes each time, but it's still, like, the same beat. Like, trying to, like, bob your head to that is so hard. I'm like, like, I kept, I had to repeat it. Like, I started the song over three times the first time I heard it. I'm like, there's, how the fuck? Like it's different every time they play it, and, but it still sounds exactly the same. But it's like just a little bit off each mm-hmm. time, and I'm like, wow, uh, it's talent. It's it's creativity that you're not seeing, and you know, take stuff from like early '80s. Like those guys wouldn't even know what to do. You know what I mean? Hey, can you play this? Yeah, I'm a pretty good drummer. Okay, here, try to do this. Like, nah, man, I'm good, dog. <laughs> <laughs> I don't know what else you do. Um. I don't know. You got any any big ones for 2010? Not really, because a lot of guys would just be carryovers from the 2000s. Yeah, it always takes me. I'm always like, I feel like now I'm always like a decade behind, because I don't like a band that was big like in 2015. I'm not gonna start looking at until like 2025, because I'm always a decade behind. What about the Iart is Murder? Ah, uh, they're heavy, but I I don't really. I haven't listened to enough of Thy Artist Murder to know. Oh, I, I just, will play you two songs. When we I get just done. know that whenever I saw them at Mayhem Festival, there was a tree, and then like ten feet in front of me was like the stage, and that was the only side stage. So like, 
That sucks. Yeah. He, he's just amazing. Like, especially that band as a whole, to come together in, in uh, you know, like when a band is playing and then they stop. Yeah. Did it, did it, did it, did it, did it, and they they do it in perfect timing, live even, you know what I mean? And that's solidity right there. Like, I don't know, man. I, I feel like it's got to take a shit ton of practice. I don't understand how you get that good, you know, it other than playing you know, 30 hours I don't know. Dillinger Escape Plan said they never practiced. Yeah? They never came out and said they never practiced, but, like, in one of their interviews, they said something that made it sound like they were never practicing. Yeah. They're like, we kind of just do this, this, and this, and we go on stage and put it all together. That's crazy. I would say another another big one for right now would be, like, Luke Holland. Um, he does a lot of, like, solo drum covers and stuff on YouTube. Uh, for instance, like, he covered Skrillex, you know, a dubstep song on drums, and it was phenomenal, you know? Um... It, you know, it was the Benny Benassi cinema, uh, but the Skrillex remix of it. And phew, I was like, what? This is fucking great. My other one would be um, that black guy using a subway in New York City who's playing like three five-gallon buckets. Yeah. Yeah, shout out to all the street drummers, man. Yeah. Because those guys are, are cool. So You should have, you well, you were away, because I remember I Snapchatted you. I'm like, hey, there's a street drummer here right here in downtown Sharon for Waterfire. You're like, yeah, I'm not around. Yeah, my bad, dude. I was like, you should come down there and jam with this guy. I think it'd be sweet. Well, he was he was also playing the little... The djembe? Yeah, little djembe. Little djembe. Yeah. Sounds like a... Tool song. Yeah. <laughs> little djembe. <laughs> yeah, that'd be sweet. Um, I mean, I guess, you know, like, uh, just excited to see where stuff is going to be going here now. Eventually, people are going to play drums upside down. Yeah. And I mean, by j- that, I mean the drums are going to be above their head, and they're going to be like... Yeah, Joey Jordison's not going to know what to do. Yeah. How'd you guys do that? <laughs> like, I did it upside down, but not like that. The drum, the whole drum set's going to be upside down. You're going to play the toms and the snare with your feet. And yeah. You're just going to play the fucking bass with your the, the kick drum with your hands. Yeah. Yeah, so you'll just, like, be suspended over top of it rather than being suspended with it. Yeah, yeah. You know, you'll, like, Tom Cruise at Mission Impossible and play drums like that. It'd be crazy. It'd be cool as shit. But all right, I guess, uh, you know, wrapping it up here, um, you know, a lot of people don't, I guess, respect drummers as much as uh, you just know that it's always there. You know, it's always part of a song, but it it takes a lot. It's a whole lot. I just realized that there were were letters for, like, which ear goes where. There's a right and a left. Oh, you have yours on backwards? I have mine on backwards. Jeez. It's okay, dude. I understand. I just now realized it. But uh, the next time you guys see a drummer, uh, you know, tell them thanks. Because uh, how many times have you been, like, just completely pumped up about drums? And how many times have you been just sitting there fucking riding in your car and fucking in the air tonight comes on and you're like... Yeah. And then you punch a guy. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, I could think of at least three times. But, I mean, even, like, you got marching bands. Drums are huge. Oh, yeah. You know yeah. what I mean? And it's just something that pumps you up. I mean, you even go back into ancient, ancient times, like, where you got, like, you know, drummers who are just marching into war and the drums are there to pump everybody up. Like, let's fucking do it. <laughs> I want to see you open this place up. <laughs> That'd be yeah. horrible. That'd be sweet. You're like, all right, well, let's get me pumped up. And there's like one guy who's like playing a few beats and you're like, man, you know, it's like 1599. You get stabbed. You're going to die. Yeah. You're like, even a little bit. You're like, yeah, even a little bit. Yeah. All right. We'll play that thing faster. <laughs> yeah. 
Okay, guys, so if you want a t-shirt, look at that. Right there, they're mm. done by Lola and Co. Designed. Come with a little business card there, so if you need anything done, contact Vicky. She'll hook you up. She did all of our t-shirts. They're all individually wrapped, and they come with a little card telling you, like, you know, what you're supposed to and not supposed to do with them. But you know all that shit that comes on your t-shirt where it's, like, cold wash only, and you're like, fuck it. Yeah. It's one of those cards, but, like, you know, no one listens to that. Yeah, mine mine has held up great. I, uh... Yeah, mine, mine, Chris Eaton. I hope you're enjoying it. <laughs> yeah, man. Thank you so much, Chris. But yeah, guys, um, catch us next week. Uh, we'll be we'll be back again. Hoping to have a buddy of mine, Scott Breeds, on here in a few weeks. Yeah, uh, I'm supposed to talk to him. I'll get, I'll get back. Uh, hopefully, hopefully sometime before February. Yeah, probably. Maybe if not, maybe the first week of February. So we'll see about that. He's been in a lot of bands. He has a lot of know-how. So yeah. And it's uh, it's 2020, so we got the whole year ahead of us. You know what I mean? Yeah. If you if you guys pick, booking some interviews, any of you motherfuckers play instruments, know somebody in the band, anybody that wants to be on this podcast, if you play an instrument, uh, you can come on on. I don't care if you play the flute. Yeah, come on and play a flute solo for us. I yeah. think it'd be sweet. You can Piccolo, have, a, have like a conversation about yeah. flute. So let's playing. talk about flutes. So how well do you blow? Yeah. Pretty good. Yeah. Check this out. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Uh so uh I guess uh keep it classy. Yeah. We'll see you next week. Peace out. <laughs>